sometimes you just have to do the shitty thing as deeply and as shittily as possible until you're fucking sick of it, until you're sick of yourself doing this thing, right? You just, and that's, that's the rock bottom. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Question about breakup. This sounds like a song, like a country song. Some are circumstantial, some because of internal relationship issues. But after the breakup itself, when do we shift from sitting with the pain to taking deliberate steps to process and move on? Well, the first thing is, it's important to, to be with the pain. That's that's something that I've I've learned the hard way. I broke up with my girl. Well, she broke up with me two years ago, and because I was didn't really have a choice because I had to teach the Euro Tour the next day, I didn't deal with the pain, and so that pain was deferred. Which you have to kind of deal with it eventually, anyway. And this goes for not just breakups. This goes for tragedies of, I guess, of any type, right? Like someone dies, or you lose your job, or COVID destroys your business, or fucking of the many tragedies that humans encounter along the way. Grief and mourning is an absolutely integral part of life. There's no society on the planet that doesn't cry. Like individuals may not cry, but, it, but these emotional responses to cry and feel grief and mourning, they're part of the human condition. Particularly men, depending on what society you're brought up in and what family you're brought up in, are often taught that that is not okay to be sad, to cry, to feel grief, because that says that you're weak and that's bullshit. It's not correct. In many, many traditional societies, and not again, I'm not glorifying traditional societies, let's say pre-agricultural societies, because they certainly have their issues as well. There's all sorts of nasty, weird shit that can go on within a tribal society. But grieving is often ritualized, right? So people would come back from a war or raiding, a raiding party or a small war uh, that would happen and warriors were killed or the village was raided. And people would come together and cry together and grieve together. Like they would also come and vomit together or dance together or go through psychedelic journeys together. And so the grieving process is really important. Speaking to a number of veterans from Afghanistan, the American veterans that I've taught, just happened to be those guys, seeing that the thing that hurt the most or, or, or seemed to really intensify the damage was being sent home and just dumped at the army depot and going, see you later. Thank you for your service, see you later. And they're like, I watched my friend blown up. I killed a civilian. I went through fucking hell and back and now I'm just dumped out here and here's some opioids, right? So, and no wonder uh, often veterans become drug addicts or self-harm or, you know, have fucked up lives. So the the first point I'm making is you do need to be with the pain and it's okay. And it's okay to be sloppy with it. Right? Like, don't think you're going to grieve efficiently or you're going to Gary V the shit out of your grieving process. It's like mourning and being sad and, and heartbroken uh, is a sloppy, ugly, pathetic thing, right? You may find yourself on the floor rolling around with a bottle of Jack Daniels clinking your head. I mean, that's not my way to do it, but I can imagine doing that, right? You need to actually be raw enough to feel it. And, it, and, and coping strategies, again, like humans, humans are always using coping strategies. Every teaspoon of sugar, every fatty thing that you consume, every like mindless meme and stupid thing that you watch on YouTube, these are all coping strategies for the intensity of, of life, right? The rawness of life to distract yourself from uncertainty and fear and pain and obligations of responsibilities and so on. So if you need to use coping strategies initially, 
okay, whatever. Just fucking get wasted. Go out and bang, bang a bunch of girls in sloppy one night stands, whatever you need to do. But try to minimize that and then be able to sit with the grief. And that will mean for most people reaching out and, and asking for help. And if you're not good at asking for help, which I'm not, you will, you will probably need to instruct people on how to give you help. Because people will be like, oh, how you doing, man? You know, fucking broke up with Charlene. This is the, in Australia. Hey, yeah, you're right, mate. Fucking hung, yeah, don't worry about the bitch. Just fucking root another one. And you may need to say, uh, I think I need to talk about it. Can you just ask me some shit? You know, and, and kind of coach people. And, and you, you may be disappointed. You may find that people, some people that you thought would be there for you just don't really know how to deal with it, don't want to deal with it. And so, you know, that's the, the thing of like, you find out who your real friends are. It doesn't mean that not real friend, that your really real friends are in those processes. And to just, to dump it and purge, to talk about it and talk about what you did wrong, what she did wrong, to fucking call her a fucking bitch if that's relevant or, just, or to feel ashamed because of what you did or to, to go through this grieving process. And then if it's really, really hardcore, then then you seek out proper help, right? So a psychiatrist, I mean, I would say don't go to, to a psych straight away because the best that a psych is going to do probably is give you antidepressants or some kind of meds, which there is a time and a place for, for sure. Sometimes people just need that because they're at their wits end and it's too overwhelming and they need to just get medicated for some time. I've seen that happen because they work. They just, you know, they numb you. They keep you on a kind of level bandwidth and they allow you maybe to get through a particularly critical time. But that's if you're in an extreme crisis because they don't really deal with the issue. They don't allow you to grieve, to, to analyze what, what went wrong, to be able to come to some sort of peace and acceptance of your actions, her actions, or the disintegration of the relationship. And then to be able to move on in the sense that you can go into being a single person I would not recommend jumping immediately into another relationship to compensate, which is a very common thing, but to go into being a man who is single now and okay with that, right? Because that is a period that most men are not good at. Like they're not good at being single because they're in scarcity. They don't feel very powerful. And so it can be quite easy to latch onto the first female that comes along that, that's willing to be latched onto. And if there's issues with the, in the previous relationship, which there were, obviously, you need to have some time alone to be in a, to be a single person and to come to to peace and to be able to be happy or functional as a unit because that's the time i would say for a for a young man who's going through his cycles of in relationships out of relationships for you know however long that happens 10 years or more 20 years or however long your seducer cycles kind of keep turning it's those single periods where where the soul searching happens tends to sure you can it can happen in relationships of course but it's those long dark nights of the soul it's the terror of the amount of freedom like like having that much freedom but but not exactly knowing what to do with it uh, not having the support not having you know people around you having your woman with you to to buffer you against the world like it's that's intense but it is really important it's a really important part of life. So the question really is, when do we shift from sitting in the pain to taking deliberate steps to process and move on? Shay said something interesting to me. Actually, we were talking last night and we we're talking about, as we often do, talking about habits and patterns of behavior and students. Because we're always trying to fucking nut this out, how to, how to fix people. And he said one, one thing was that sometimes you just have to do the shitty thing as deeply and as shittily as possible until you're fucking sick of it until you're sick of yourself doing this thing, right? You just, and that's, that's the rock bottom. 
It's it's and it's, you see it as a classic in 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 a, in a movie or whatever where the where the dude is just fucked it up and then he goes into this spiral and then he's in the pills and the drug and he crashes his car and then fucking the, the hooker comes and robs him and then he's down and he gets caught jerking off in the street and then he's in the lockup and he's just at the bottom where he's just there on the street. Someone steals his shoe, like his shoes, and it's like this is it. This is, it can't get any. It's either I am obliterated, basically. I'm destroyed, or I have to. I have to go up, right? I have to change. Sometimes that's that's happened, and that can happen with a breakup. Breakup can take you close to destruction. That's an extreme case, or it can just take you to like where you're wallowing in your shit for a while, and you and your friends are getting annoyed at you for for keeping on talking about how you could get back with that girl, and you have to get annoyed with yourself and go, all right, fuck, this is a bit pathetic. It, it was it was okay to do it for some time. That's I don't think that's pathetic. But it gets to a point where it is pathetic because it is rolling continually in a, in a victim mindset. So there's no like six days of mourning. Traditionally, we did six days of mourning, three days of, uh, you know, trances, and then we went off and got married. So once, so the answer is it's up to you to figure it out. But I'd say those processes are, are important in the meantime. Okay, so Vasily says, can you please elaborate on not jumping from long-term relationship to long-term relationship? So what you're talking about is like, what I would say is a bad bad idea, which is to go from long-term relationship, you break up and then as like the next girl that you sleep with or the next girl that would get in a relationship with you more or less, you get in another long-term relationship, which is actually the main strategy of most men. It's inactive single, maybe gets lucky here and there, maybe not. And then the first-ish girl that's like, he's not vomiting when he's in bed with her, that would get in a relationship with him. He does that, right? And then it lasts, it's one to three years, not being cynical, just saying they break up and the man goes back into total scarcity, inactive single. Inactive single means I'm single and I don't have anything going on except swiping and hoping and maybe, you know, maybe I get laid here and there accidentally or if, drunkenly or something. And then repeats that cycle three to six times until he gets someone pregnant or they just kind of muscle him into putting a ring on it. That is the story of how your mummy and daddy met. <laughs> that is the story of humanity, basically. Of course, throughout most of history, you didn't do it six times, you did it once. And often you were allocated by the village elders. But since, since you had choice, that's kind of how things work. Do I need to spell out the problems with that model? I think they're pretty self-evident. Like, there is no chance that the next girl that you slept with is the next one in your life that you should spend three to five years with, I would think, statistically. So, the ideal, and okay, take it or leave it, it's just my, it's a model that I've developed or put down on paper, put down on rant, is to be never inactive single unless you choose to be, which is chosen celibacy for some period of time because you need to get women out of your head. Like I just had two weeks of chosen celibacy, two weeks, two weeks, no sex. And I haven't even had sex yet because my girl last night couldn't, uh, just couldn't, just couldn't. And tonight I will. In fact, as soon as this lecture is over, I will. But that was 15 days and I chose that and it was good for me. So that's fine. You can choose periods of get the fuck away from women, but you never want to be inactive single, which is in, in cell basically, right? Involuntary celibate. Of course, no one wants to be that. So you want to be active single, which is hopefully what you guys are or, or moving into, which is learning to cold approach and date and having girls on the go. That may mean lots of periods of aloneness in, 
in the early stages or, or at any any time you go back into active single. Like I've I've worked out all sorts of buffers against that, so I really never experienced that. But I did experience it multiple times when I was a good pickup artist. It was just like, oh, okay, I'm out and I don't have any girls and okay, nothing's sticking that these three weeks or four weeks or whatever, and it's and I'm almost and then dropped it and went, okay, well this is part of the game. And you have to accept that there's gonna be loneliness and frustration along that way. And then you move into dating multiple girls. Now, whether that's like explicitly multiple relationships where I've had the talk and, and instituted some kind of ongoing relationship that is unfenced or, or in, involves you being with multiple women, ethically, let's say, and honestly, let's hope, because the alternative is just lying to lots of girls and that I've done that too. And that causes a huge mess and turns you into a bit of a cunt, to be honest. So I don't want to do that ever again. Yeah, it's that from then from a dating pool, if and when I want to and one girl stands out and it's like, yes, I'm drawn to her and I don't, I'd rather be with her than the other girls that I have in my life, the other options in my life, and then I choose to go into a relationship where it's monogamous for some period of time, one, three years or forever, maybe, then cool, all right? Then if, if and when it ends, which of course it will, probably, most likely, then what do you want to do? Okay, you might have a period of mourning and all right, get the fuck away from women, but for men, that's a dangerous thing to do. Because men are at their least attractive when they are heartbroken and just come out of a relationship. <laughs> like, whereas a woman is like vulnerable and, and like teary and wants to get revenge, right? So she is a highly valuable. And there's all, inevitably there's been guys sniffing around if she's cute, waiting for their chance. So a girl breaks up and she's attractive. She, will, she can have dick within seconds, right? And, and probably pretty good dick too, unfortunately. So that doesn't, it's not a thing for women. In fact, it's better for guys like, oh, she's on the rebound. Oh, vulnerable, excellent. Whereas for dudes, it's, the girls are not like, oh, he's a total mess and let himself go and like he's lost his self-esteem and he's heartbroken. Oh, that's not an attractive prospect. So like I've been heartbroken a number of times in my life. I've been decimated by it and I will be again, no doubt, probably one more time. And so when, when I got out of the cycle of inactive single monogamy, then what was it I did? I got straight out there and I'm like, I got to get sexed soon. And, it, and, and I learned, don't try, I'm not trying to replace my girlfriend or find a girl that's as hot or I feel the same shit for or anything like that. It's like young, fun, dumb. Let's find one. There you go. You can put that on my gravestone. No, don't do that. Get out there. And as my friend Clary would say, just rub one on you. Just doesn't really matter what, what it's like. Just rub one on you and then the rest of them can smell it. And then get out into the dating pool and then continue and then repeat that cycle forever. I don't know. I don't have the end point, but that's the thing that I think works better. Make sense? Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.